Welcome to the third in the series of Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look at some of the challenging questions in the Christian healing ministry. We've called this series The Good, The Bad and The Ugly as we look at some of the difficult and darker questions about healing. So whether you're an espresso, an Americano, a latte or a cappuccino, there is something here for you. So put in your earbuds, grab your coffee mug and let's go. In this fourth podcast of this third series, we're going to be dealing with questions that have been sent in that focus on Christian healing and sort of killer diseases. Um, Why do so many people have cancer? But also the other issue of, of severe mental illness, the things that just present themselves as like impossible or incurable to us. So why is there such a stigma in church circles about mental illness? And, and how do we pray and, and help people in that place? Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Uh, and although we have medics in uh, ACORN, uh, most of us are just those seeking to be compassionate uh, and loving and pray uh, for others in whatever situation they're in. But in relation to the question, why do so many people suffer with cancer? And it is true, we do see a lot of that in Acorn's uh, ministry. Um, The body is made up from millions of tiny cells. Different parts of the body are made up from different specialised cells. But most cells have a a centre called a nucleus, which contains thousands of genes which are made up from a chemical called DNA. These genes are like codes which control the function of a cell. And certain genes control when cells should multiply. And other genes even control when cells should die. Now, most types of cells in the body divide and multiply from time to time. As old cells wear out or become damaged, new cells are formed to replace them. Some cells normally multiply quickly. For example, apparently we make millions of red blood cells each day as old ones become worn out and are broken down. Some cells do not multiply at all once they're mature, For example, your brain cells, and I guess I've certainly noticed that. Normally, your body only makes the right number of the cells that are needed. Now, sometimes a cell becomes abnormal. This causes one gene or more in the cell. It becomes damaged or altered. And the abnormal cells may then divide into two, and then four, and then eight, and so on. And lots of abnormal cells may then develop from the original abnormal cell. And these cells do not know when to stop multiplying. A group of abnormal cells may then form. And if this group of cells gets bigger, it becomes a larger clump of abnormal cells that's called a tumour. So after the science lesson, which is uh, um, as much a learning curve for me as anybody else, um, what are the causes of this process to take place? Well, Some things are carcinogens, um, either chemical, things like radiation as well, things that damage the cells in our body, um, things like uh, tobacco or asbestos, things like that. Um, Age, uh, we can accumulate damaged cells over time and our body's defences and immune system becomes less effective at dealing with them. 
lifestyles can affect it. Your diet, if you uh, smoke a lot, if you consume a lot of alcohol, um, sunburn, you know, regularly, even things like obesity and things like that can have an impact on the cells in our body. And that process of abnormality can uh, start. Um, Infections, some infections can impact different organs in the body in this negative way and cause this ab- these abnormal cells to begin to develop. Genetics, um, the, the way that we are genetically made up, uh, abnormal genes in us that we've inherited can trigger uh, the development of some uh, cancers. And, and all of these are, in a sense, um, so uh, challenging to us because they're unpredictable. They threaten our sense of peace, our, our worldview, uh, our sense of well-being. And, and it seems that in, in many ways it strikes at the heart of our confidence in the way that the world is and the reality that we have come to know. And, and they are quite a challenge to us without uh, a doubt, because we understand that God created all things good. And in fact, when it comes to humanity in Genesis, God says it's very good. And we have, I guess, through our management of ourselves and our own lives, and also our management of the world in which we live, uh, we have increased the impact of taking things out of God's loving control, if you like. There's a, there's a biblical concept of sowing and reaping, which is both um, individual and communal and societal, that actually that we can only, in a sense, do so many things to our bodies and to God's world without then reaping the impact of that. And, you know, you look at the whole thing of climate uh, control and everything that's taking place there, whatever different um, sides of the debate think about it, where it's clearly experiencing in our own lives and culture and our own society, the impact of uh, the way that we're using the environment and the way that we're treating our bodies and, of course, the way that we're treating one another as well. However, within that, we can and should pray that as we bring ourselves under his love, his love ministers life to us, body, mind and spirit. And actually, at the end of this podcast, we are indeed going to pray in that same vein. But then when we come to the second question that is not necessarily so much about the the impact on our bodies but the impact on our mind was why does severe mental illness carry such a stigma in church circles why is it you know apparently incurable and how do we pray for people with severe mental health problems well on this second set of questions um, we covered some of this in the second series of coffee pods when we looked at the question of alzheimer's but This question actually more accurately brings us to the response that we make as a church, what happens among us over these issues. And perhaps not just in the church, but actually for all of us as human beings too. 
Um, I remember getting into, uh, uh, I was in a tube carriage in uh, central London and the young man got in who was clearly very mentally disturbed. And it was really interesting to watch what happened uh, in the carriages. Everybody else both physically and emotionally withdrew. You could feel it taking place. And he ended up sitting opposite me. And, you know, the, the challenge that this this thing that we is before us, we don't know what it is or how to handle it. We're often wary of the things that we do not understand and of the things that we cannot control. A bit like death, we don't know what to say to those in the grieving process. So we withdraw and say nothing with the impact of leaving them even more isolated. And I guess that's true also in relation to mental illness. Can I just say that mental illness is not about our faith. It's not about how much you love God or how much God loves you. It's not about, about how much you believe in God or how much you believe the Bible or how much you trust God. It's not about whether you're, you're a good person or a good spouse or a good friend. It's not about whether you feel you're a good Christian. It's not whether God has saved you and you have eternal hope. It's not about the things that you can do for God. It's not about whether you belong to God's family and it's not about whether God is with you. He is. All of those things are already sorted out. It's about other stuff. In fact, one in four of us in the UK will experience a mental health problem each year. Most common mental health problem in the UK is a mixed anxiety and depression. And one in six people in England will experience this common mental health problem of anxiety and depression in any given week. And it's estimated that 20% of working days are lost as a result of this mental health issue, this mixed anxiety and depression. It can look like eating disorders. It can look like trauma related to PTSD. It can look like substance and dependency abuse. Fears and phobias, fission, uh, uh, suspicions, um, conspiracy theories, uh, hearing voices, messiah complex, uh, issues relating to chemical imbalance and, and other stuff. This is not a chemical uh, um, analysis. It's not an exhaustive analysis of the issue by any means. But perhaps in the church, we have confused activity with community. Perhaps we've become too busy to see that people's value is not in what they can do in church. And perhaps maybe we don't have time to consider why people are in the place that they're in, listening to their story. Maybe we view people with mental health issues as an inconvenience and a hindrance to the smooth running of things in the church. And this does happen with mental illness. See, if you break your leg, we know what to do with you. We can get a chair and put your leg up and we can, you know, understand that we need to bring you cups of tea and we need to be patient with you as you move in and out and around the church. But if you're suffering from mental pain and disorientation inside, which we cannot see, we often don't even know what to do. And so we avoid the issue and the person becomes isolated and finally invisible. In the church, we can feel powerless 
to help or bring hope. Sometimes we're, we're confused that our prayers have not solved this. I've seen people become frustrated with a person uh, because their prayers have not been effective in curing mental illness. It's as if the person themselves are being uncooperative in this process. But perhaps the church needs to be the place which says that mental illness is no different to any other need. It's not necessarily because you're worse than anybody else or you've sinned worse than anybody else. Perhaps we need to find a way of saying it's okay to be broken and to be in need in this place. Maybe we need to say that the needs of the mind are faced just as the same as those of the body or heart or spirit or emotions. Perhaps we need to be more honest and say we all have needs one way or the other and that Jesus does not pick and choose who he likes and the needs that he will engage with. So what actually can we do? Well, it seems to me that the one thing we have is, funnily enough, the love of God for the killer diseases and for the complexities of mental illness, we not only have a God who loves us, but a God who then draws us into living in and expressing the power of that same love to others. It's true, isn't it, that miracles flow out of compassion, not power if you even looking at Jesus it says he had compassion on the crowds and and he will do lots of things and Jesus engages in the scriptures with those who have mental illness so in this process I'm convinced that God can cope and I'm convinced that God can bring change to others we can certainly get better at ministering to them and bringing them into that place of finding wholeness and healing and transformation, and absolutely. But actually, perhaps the biggest thing I need is I need more of the love of God. In fact, I need the love of God more and to worry less about keeping Christianity looking good and keeping the show on the road. Because in that process, maybe God can just do that with us. So let's just pray for a moment. And if you're finding these podcasts helpful, you can help others find them by just liking us on iTunes. So let's pray. Father, thank you for these big issues and the others that we haven't mentioned today that strike at the heart of our understanding and our confidence and our working in the kingdom. God, thank you that you have given to us the love of God that all-encompassing, powerful love that transforms death into life, sorrow into joy, and brings wholeness in body, mind and spirit to us. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, in this podcast today, I speak out your love over us. I say to us, the love of God now, be placed in heart and body and mind and spirit. The love of God 
in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, be upon you and in you, body, mind and spirit today. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Coffee Pots. We hope that it has inspired and stimulated both thought and action. You can send any further questions to info at acornchristian.org. And for further information on events, getting involved and supporting Acorn, go to our website at www.acornchristian.org. Thanks ever so much.